So I don't consume a ton. Plus I am very much collaboration over competition always. And so nothing really comes to mind of me thinking like, oh, they do it better than me. I hope to someday aspire to them. I really like to focus and just try and stay in my own lane because I think a lot of the times if you're just comparing yourself to others around you, it will turn it, it, that's what can make social media be such a negative thing in people's lives. Whereas I truly feel like social media has only made a positive impact in my life. And I think it's because I don't focus in on those things. I used to chase the ROI all the time, return on investment. And over the course of time, that has evolved into what I call return on life. Good day, everyone. This is Randy Dick here of the Return on Life podcast. I'm so excited to share a great guest out of Chicago, but let's first talk about ROL. It's not about the ROI all the time. It's about the return on life or ROL. And I have Kyra today with me, Kyra Button out of Chicago, an amazing guest, a YouTuber, a social media mogul. You're going to love, love, love here, whatever she's sharing with us today. If you're into building brand, stay on this channel right now because you're going to learn a lot from Kyra about branding through social media and YouTube. So welcome here. Share a little bit about your journey through social media and YouTube, Kyra. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I am a newer agent. I got my license in October of 2020. So going on two and a half years at this point, um, I got into real estate because I had a YouTube channel where I was sharing all about studio apartment living, small space organization, Chicago living, moving to Chicago from out of state. And I started getting people reaching out to me all the time, asking about where should they live in Chicago and what buildings do I recommend and how did I move from out of state and whatnot. And during the pandemic, it kind of hit like a light bulb of, oh, wait, this is actually a job where I can help someone from point A to Z of helping them find their dream apartment in the city and get paid for it. And the client isn't the one who's paying me. And it was just like, all of the stars kind of aligned and I got my license and was very fortunate that because of my social media background, my career was able to take off right away. That's incredible. So you took one income stream and found a way to make it two income streams with social media and real estate. That is fantastic. Any other income streams that you could build off of that yet as well? Or maybe maybe your mind is thinking of, a, of something else at this point? Oh my gosh. Well, at the time I was doing every single side hustle under the sun. I had left my full-time job in Arizona when I moved to Chicago and I was walking dogs. I was teaching English online to kids in China. I was filling my day trying to be able to make YouTube float and make that be able to be my full-time as hard as possible. And so when I found something that directly correlates with YouTube so strongly, it was a no-brainer for the two to go together. Who knows where it'll continue to grow from here, but um, six months after I started in real estate, my fiance was able to leave his job to come work with me on this side as well. So um, it has just worked out really well for us and we're very excited. Wow. So is he a licensed agent as well? He is a licensed agent. He does not take on his own clients. It's kind of as if I've cloned myself and I now have him to be able to help me um, with polling options. And he's much more analytical than I am. So all of my spreadsheets, um, he helps me on the content side. He'll help me on showings if I'm double booked. So it is literally like I have a clone in the best way possible. Wow. That's amazing. And so who's doing all your shoots and your editing? Cause it's a lot of work to do that. Well, who's doing that work for you? 
Yeah. So on the YouTube side, we post two videos a week and then we just have a ton of content going up on Instagram all the time as well. So um, I do have a couple of videographers that I work with. A lot of it, I am self-shooting. Um, my fiance will help me shoot sometimes as well. And then he'll help edit on certain videos too. So I feel like we've kind of got a little bit of a team rolling with everything, but I am grateful for every single one of them because I could not do it on my own anymore. Wow. And you've been licensed now for about two and a half years. Is that correct? Yes. And so you've obviously seen significant growth from this work of your branding, your social media and YouTube. Um, is there a correlation between you know, what you're putting into the work and then the results of the sales? Like, have you seen it trending in a certain direction or is it just steady eddy? Um, it is, I would say it's steadily growing. YouTube is not something that's going to be an overnight success. I always say, like, keep in mind, I started my YouTube channel in 2017 with zero subscribers. And so it is a very slow, long burn. I always tell people if they're starting a YouTube channel, get prepared to scream into the abyss for a while because no one's going to be paying attention for years. And you have to just love what you're doing for so long that you're going to keep doing it. Um, but I would say it directly correlates. Absolutely. I typically get about 300 warm leads a month. And so because of that growth, I have been able to quickly grow a team around me who are able to help with these clients because there's just not enough time in the day for me to be able to take them all. So that's been a really wonderful result of this too. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. You know, good markets, and we've had an amazing market through COVID, but it tends to hide a lot of our mistakes. But I think what you're doing here is you're actually um, shoring up the opportunity, you're not letting any anything fall through the cracks because your social media presence is really just keeping people together, sticking them to you in a sense, giving you that stickiness, that brand stickiness that we all wish and desire because if we're not out there every day doing something, we just start losing clients. It just is a normal process. But this seems to probably help you leverage and scale like no other way of building your brand. Am I correct at that? Yeah, it's been really incredible because you always hear um, realtors talk about the 33 touch points you're supposed to do a year with a client. Um, and how it feels like my business is going is that I have 365 touch points because I am posting on my Instagram every single day about what is going on in my daily life. And I'm interacting with these clients all the time on my social media. So instead of me doing things like sending out postcards or birthday Starbucks gift cards or things like that, it feels like we're able to build this very genuine and authentic relationship where they are getting to see the insights and nitty gritty of my life. And I definitely don't let my social media be this perfectly curated, polished thing. I show the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so they feel a really authentic relationship with me as well, which um, is great because I am such an open book that it makes it so that way it feels it's just really easy to be able to maintain that relationship. So would that be your number one priority every day is, is doing you know, um, a post or two and showing the world who you are? Is that the number one priority? Oh, number one priority is gonna be hard to name, but probably I think, I think social media in general is really high up there. At this point, it does just feel second nature to me. Um, it doesn't even feel like something that I consciously have to do because I've just been doing it for so long. But I think just maintaining those relationships at the end of the day is something that will always be kept really high level for me. Tyra, you know, what you're sharing 
is extremely scary for a lot of people. <laughs> like posting everything about your life online every day is, is really, really scary. How did you get past that? How did you get past being scared or were you never scared of doing it? Was there no fear? Oh, in this? <laughs> oh no, I was terrified. <laughs> um, it's funny looking back on it, but when I started my YouTube channel, I didn't share it with my friends and family for like a year and a half, maybe two years. I wanted to wait until I had more YouTube subscribers than like Instagram followers for me to feel like I was actually sharing something like noteworthy, which is so silly because it's that insecurity of thinking about the people from high school or people who just aren't in my day-to-day -day life and them rolling their eyes at me. When in reality, for every one person that might roll their eyes and be like, oh my gosh, she's starting a YouTube channel. There's 99 other people standing behind me, cheering me on, wishing me well. And I'm focusing on that one. So I wish I hadn't had that fear for so long, but no, it was absolutely there. And it is always really interesting. Like my dad and my aunt and like other family members and stuff will just like, they cannot fathom having their lives be as public as mine is, but I've actually found it really freeing. And I find it really empowering to kind of put my life on so blast and be so fully transparently me and all of the things that made me insecure when I was younger about like my awkward dancing or like taking a bad photo. These are things that I outwardly share because it feels so much more empowering for me to be able to be the one to do it and still have like the support standing behind me. Wow. That, uh, that is a message that every one of us needs to take and live it out. So I really appreciate you sharing that. When did you know that you had this gift? Like it's a gift, like not many people can do this. And when did you know that you had this gift? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I still know that I have this gift. It's, it's honestly, it's just, it's something that I just really like to do. Um, and I really just love the relationship building aspect of it. This last weekend, I went to a wedding of a girl who was a follower of mine who moved to Chicago after watching my videos. Like, I think it's, it doesn't, it just feels like it all translates just really well and easily for me. So it's not something that like, I'm particularly proud of, or like that I feel like I've worked at. I'm just really happy that it all has come together the way that it has. I love it. I love it. You know, I often ask, you know, people, you know, Proximity is power. Who's the people that uh, are bringing that power to you? But you're bringing it to others with what you do. That is your gift. Gift <laughs> yeah. giving others, you know, the opportunity to say, "Hey, I know this person," and they and you have such a warm way of sharing. So I'm sure they just come to you with a lot of ease in that. So good on you. Good on you. Let's talk about something that's pretty cool. How about thirty under thirty with? National Association of Realtors, you were not only nominated, but you won the 30 under 30. Congratulations. What's that like? Thank you. Um, it's still feeling very unreal. I am still waiting for them to call me at any moment and say that they got something wrong and that I wasn't supposed to have won. <laughs> I'm honestly, I am so humbled. I'm so grateful. I'm very, very excited about it. But to be completely honest with you, the imposter syndrome that comes with it is wild. Like, I, when I take a step back and I actually think about what it means to be recognized as a 30 under 30, being one of the top 30 realtors in the United States, I, it, the imposter syndrome is there. I'm, my goal for 2023 is I'm going to learn to own my space and feel like I belong in rooms of people where I'm still just feeling really uncomfortable. But to be totally honest, I came from the social media side. 
I know social media in and out like the back of my hand, the real estate side, I'm, I still have so much to learn and I love it. And I'm learning quickly. And I do feel like I'm very, very good at what I do, but it is something where I'm growing there actively. And so to be recognized for it, I'm still just like, oh gosh, are you guys sure? I still got things to learn. Um, but overall, just absolutely thrilled with it. I am so incredibly proud. See, I would think the imposter syndrome would be more on the social media side because there's nothing that there, there, there's no scoreboard, so to speak. You know, it, you can be anybody, but if you're really good on social media, you can sound like you're a pro at everything. But this is actually competing against, you know, agent to agent around North America under 30. So to me, you should feel less like an imposter here than you do in social media, but that's just me. <laughs> no, I know. And I've gotten that feedback. I've had people ask me for years if I was getting imposter syndrome when it came to social media. But I think, like I mentioned, YouTube is a very slow burn. Like it does not happen overnight. I mean, maybe for some people, but it certainly did not for me. And I think because of that, it grew at such a like, like a steady, but slow rate that I felt like I was growing with it. I didn't feel like I blew up and then all of a sudden was getting attention that wasn't warranted. Like I knew, I know the hours that I'm putting into it. And so for that side, I think I've always felt really comfortable and it never felt like I was out of place with the growth that I've had. Whereas on the real estate side, that blew up for me so much faster than anticipated because of the real estate side that I feel like I'm still trying to catch my breath with it. Right. In a good way. In a good but way. it is. Yeah. It is a little bit more intense. Did you did you know it was going to be as big as it it has become, or was that just an experience? No, I when I got my license, I remember telling my fiance, who was my boyfriend at the time, and saying, "This like it'll be great for me to get my license because when someone comments on one of my videos and wants to know where I live, if I can close one of those a month, I'll be thrilled. Like that would be amazing." Um, and my first year I closed 200. So I did not expect it to grow that way. And it, I'm very thankful that it did. And I'm very thankful that I've had such amazing like mentors and leaders around me um, to be able to teach me as I had a lot to learn very quickly. Can you share with our listeners again, how many deals you closed in your first year? Granted, keep in mind in Chicago, I work primarily in rentals. I do do sales now, but at that time it was rentals, um, but 200 in my first year. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That is impressive. That is impressive. So with all that production, all the energy, the newness of everything, there's got to be a few bumps in the road. What are some of the bumps, the crucible moments that you went, oh my goodness, and they've reshaped who you are and how you do it today. Is there anything that you could say was like a real strong takeaway that I will never do that again and I changed it because of this? Oh, knock on wood. I honestly, not that everything's been completely smooth sailing around me the whole time, but I really have been very fortunate to have incredible mentors and other people whose opinions I respect so much around me that because of that, I've never felt completely alone in what I've been doing at all. And so I think because I've always had these other really great opinions around me, I haven't had something where it was just a slap in the face of being like, whoa, can't believe that happened. I'll never do that again. Of course, I've had clients who maybe want to pull my hair out and different things like that, but it's honestly just been good, consistent growth and learning. Awesome. Awesome. You that frightens good... me that it's going to happen now though. <laughs> yeah. These mentors um, that have been giving you really ROL, return on life, 
Are they from social media side, real estate side, just business-minded people? Who are they? So the main one for me to reference is I do have a partner on my team um, whose name is Stephanie Spenner. And we met because she also had a YouTube channel. And immediately I was like, I want to work under you. I want to learn everything you know. She came from much more of the real estate background and I was coming from the social media background. Um, I joined her team and after a couple of months, I basically was seeing the growth that I was having. And I went to her and I told her, I would love to partner with you and build a team with you because otherwise I'm always going to kind of look for the next step of me building a team on my own. Um, and we went back and forth and long story short, decided to build a team together. And it's been the best decision both of us have ever made. We work very well together, but I think because I've always had her since day one, I've had someone to go to in times of like questioning or when I was feeling like I was in over my head on something and I've never felt completely alone or like I've made a horrible decision because I've always had someone to go to. Um, having my fiance working in real estate with me as well is also something huge. Like our work-life balance, we always talk about it as like, people see work-life balance as a, a scale where you're trying to even out the weights on either side. Ours is one massive weight that sits directly in the middle. It is just all encompassing of everything we do. But I love that we get to discuss the ins and outs of business all the time together. And it's just so nice to feel like I completely have a partner in both life and business with him. Right on. I love that. Yeah. You know, um, balance is, is really hard. It's really hard, but, um, sounds like you guys have figured that out. So good on you for that. I don't know. It's always a learning process. I don't know that we'll ever fully have figured it out, but I'm trying. Is there somebody that you admire that you think is maybe the best at what you do that you want to aspire to? Is there somebody out there that you've been following? They're going, gosh, if I could be like so-and-so in three, five, 10 years. I don't know that I'm going to have a great answer for this question. Just being, so as someone who works in content, I don't consume that much content. When it comes to me actually wanting to consume something at the end of the day, my go-to is true crime and reality TV trash because <laughs> I want to just be able to turn my mind off and not pay attention. Great answer. Love that. Love that. Um, so when you're shooting and doing what you're doing, discipline obviously is very important. Do you schedule these on specific days when you're shooting? Or is this something that you just, well, today's a good day to shoot. Let's shoot. Or is it all scheduled out? Oh, Google Calendar is my best friend. I could ah. not live without it. Um, no, my calendar is absurdly scheduled out. And what's always difficult is working in real estate. You're not in control of your own time. Your clients are dictating when you need to be available. So as much as I will try and plan shoot days and everything, um, one of the videographers I work with all the time, he knows he's going to have to be super flexible because if something pops up that really requires my attention, I have to make that that priority and shooting can get pushed an hour or do it a little bit earlier, whatever. Um, so it's more, it's very rarely a fly by the seat of my pants thing. Everything typically is scheduled out. Yeah. Schedules are so key. And I live by my Google calendar as well. Um, does anybody else get to see your calendar, by the way? I, more people are on my calendar than there probably should be. My fiance, my assistant, my partner, like I, I'm just like, all of you need to know where I am and what I'm doing at whatever time. Like I said, my life is an open book. It is just all out there. <laughs> That's great. I, I think it's really important that other people can see your calendar because it keeps you accountable and mm -hmm. um, keeps you on, on task. No doubt about that. Um, 
let's see what else i got a really good question here so web browsers netscape microsoft firefox safari and then google was last to the race right all these others were prior is being original important so or is it better to watch the first movers and then be an improver? It's a really loaded question. That's a very, yeah, this is a very loaded question. Um, okay, well, personally, I'm a Google Chrome girl, but I think that both greatly have their benefits. I think that whatever you do decide to do, just be consistent with it, because I think a lot of the times when it comes to people wanting to be the first at something, they will then see the next new shiny thing and jump to that and not be consistent across. So for me, I started in 2017. I am by no means one of the OGs of YouTube, even though I wish I would have been because that would have been so smart of me. But from the moment that I started in 2017, I've done two videos a week ever since. And I've always looked at it as a full-time job. And so even when new platforms came up, like, yes, I'm on TikTok. There have been... Uh, tons of others that have come up since some have come and gone. I think it's just important to find what you like and then stick to it instead of trying to, you're not going to be the best at everything. So figure out what you can be really good at and stick to that. Appreciate that. Um, consistency is everything. And uh, I have a quote, love the boredom of consistency. Love that it's just really boring and you're going to do it over and over again. So doing two videos every week. What, what other channels of opportunity that do you have? Is there other lead sources, other lead opportunities, or is it just fully fully baked into uh, the social media and YouTube side of things? Um, I mean, there definitely is a good amount of like the relationship building within Chicago now. So I am getting a ton of referrals from previous clients. I think I am really trying to establish a community within Chicago. I know how scary and daunting it was when I moved here and I didn't know a single person. So one other thing that I've been doing, and I'm not doing it client focused, but like, I'm sure it helps as well, is I do what I call friend meetups. And typically once a quarter, I will host an event at a bar or restaurant and um, open it up to have people come and I post it on my social media. And the whole concept is if you are looking for new friends in Chicago, come here, you're going to be in a room of 50 to 80 people. And every single person in there has said, I am looking for new friends. Because when I moved to Chicago, I wasn't working a full-time job. I wasn't in college. I didn't have that daily routine to be able to expose me to people to build friendships around me super easily. And I had to be very intentional and go out of my way to try and build friends. And I did, but it was really hard. And that was consistent feedback I was getting from clients who were moving to Chicago of just, wow, I love the city. I love my apartment. Everything's great, but how the heck do I make friends? So I started doing those. And I think that that has been huge. And the feedback that I've gotten from them is some of the like nicest things I've ever heard of people making their like longtime friends, their best friends in Chicago, the people that they are hanging out with four times a week, they met at one of those events. And so that, I, that was never built to help me on the real estate side, but I think just having something like that, where it is face-to-face, -face, I'm there in person. I say hi to every single person. I think that is another way that has been able to tremendously help my business. That's an awesome idea. Fantastic idea. Kudos to you. I really appreciate Thank that, Sharon. Um, out of the 50 or 80 people that show up, um, I, I'm assuming they're all followers of you. Typically, I ha I've had one person who just found me on Eventbrite and she bought a ticket and came and I was shocked. 
<laughs> and you charge for for this. How much how much does it cost to uh, join your your fifty to eighty? So I, I typically didn't, I only just started charging the last two only because when it was free tickets, the tickets were being scooped up within a couple of hours. Like I'd have 80 tickets gone within a matter of hours. And then I would only have like 60% of people actually come. And so I don't do it for the money whatsoever, but I wanted to, I charged $10 a ticket. Um, I just wanted to have it be something. So that way, if someone is buying a ticket, they are like committing to going because I kept having people on wait lists wanting to come and I couldn't provide them with tickets because each event space had a cap on how many people I could have in. So this is kind of a way to just make sure that people really are going to show. Is this the net zero event or do you, uh, do you fund some of it? Do you, do you put some of your own money in to make this go? Uh, it is a net zero event just because there isn't anything that it's, I'm really just hosting a space. Okay. So the restaurants let me have a space. Um, I always ask that the restaurants provide happy hour for the duration for the event. Um, and then people are able to order their own food and drinks and just meet others around them. Fantastic. Great idea. Um, I do realtor events called Realtor Collective. So I'll bring you know, realtors from all over the area to uh, a collective where we just come together. We're better together. We share how we're having success wins, losses, whatever, how to be better, whatever it is. And um, and so, yes, to charge is where you get your attendance. If you do it for free, you often have a 50% show rate. So good on you to charge. That's fantastic. What a great- I love idea. that. Collaboration over competition always. Oh, collaboration's the new currency, man. <laughs> collaboration's the new currency. You got to collaborate. You know, it's interesting. Collaboration- um, I've been doing this for 32 years, right? So, you know, it was always this like hide, hide your stuff, never let anybody see it. And I'm finding that more and more is where you just give it because you know that hmm, I can give somebody everything I've done for 32 years and the chances of them ex- executing on it is, is probably less than 10%. So, <laughs> you know, um, it feels good to give. And then of course, when success happens, it's really exciting to see somebody have success because that's what we're here for. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, let's see here. Um, what are some of your big goals for next year? You have any big goals you want to share? What's on your vision board? Well, I'm getting married this year. And my big one on my vision board for next year is uh, we're honeymooning in Antarctica. So I feel like that's very top of mind for me. Oh. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, as far as business goes I just I feel like I sound like a broken record but it's been this slow consistent growth I just want to maintain that I want to be able to continue growing but at a sustainable rate I want to be able to continue growing and training my team and have everybody feel really good and strong there I want my social media to continue growing um always it would always be great to be able to do more partnerships or like more uh partnerships that align with me or things like that. But this last year I was able to land one that if you would have told me when I started my channel, I was going to be able to work with them. I would have been blown away. So it's always like just appreciating the small wins every single step of the way, because if you don't, it just all creeps by, but I think just maintaining. Eric, can we dive into that a little bit? Somebody that you thought you'd never be able to work with, but you are. So why did you think you could not work with this potential client and what changed it for you to work with this client? 
Yeah. So the company itself is a company called Ori. They are a small space living furniture solution. Fascinating. If you haven't looked them up, I am just like in love with them. I think it is the coolest concept ever. It falls into all of the small space living slash aesthetics while being functional that I could ever dream of. Um, when I, I've always loved studio apartments. My entire channel was literally only about studio apartments when I first started. And so that would have been an absolute dream thing for me. Uh, through real estate and through doing real estate or through doing social media for real estate in Chicago, I was connected to the CEO and founder of Ori. And um, we hopped on a Zoom call and talked and he has a, they call it an experience suite in, in uh, New York City on the 56th floor overlooking Manhattan where you get to try out the different furniture systems. And I felt like a kid experiencing Disneyland for the first time. I was just so excited. And it was a really humbling experience for me too, just thinking back to when I was first in my studio apartment in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was filming and editing and figuring out everything on my own and trying to figure out uncopywritten music and just the whole nine yards. And to now be able to do something like that was, I feel like that was a big moment for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a gold star moment, no doubt. Wow, good for you. Congratulations on that. That's Thank pretty you. special. Hey, well, let's uh, let's finish this podcast. It's been fantastic, by the way. I love interviewing you. Got so many great responses to my questions. So a little bit of a speed round here. A little bit of speed round. So, um, by the way, Antarctica. What's going on with that? What is um, going on with that? Uh. So I am very fortunate. My fiance and I love to travel a lot and we really wanted to do a like once in a lifetime trip for our honeymoon. And he has always wanted to go to Antarctica and I'm always the trip planner. So the fact that he had a heavy opinion on, I, this is my dream and I want to do it. I was like, okay, well, if there's ever a time, I didn't want it to feel like I was in charge of our honeymoon. So, um, yeah, we're going on a boat to Antarctica for nine days and I am very excited. That is so cool. Oh, I'd love to be on that boat. That'd be a lot of fun. So what do you do to let your hair down? Is it travel or what do you do to, to say, I'm going to let my hair down? Uh, travel is a big one, but at this point, because I can work while I'm traveling, I feel like that just kind of flows into, <laughs> like it all kind of stays the same. I would say my like biggest turn off my brain and relax thing is cooking. I absolutely love to cook and cooking is the one time where my hands are busy. So I'm not able to be answering emails at the same time. <laughs> If there was a, a cuisine that you're going to cook, what would it be? I do cook a lot of Asian food. I, we go through more rice in our household than we probably should, but um, I'd like to cook everything. I do make everything, but I love Asian food. Great. I'm coming to your house when I come to Chicago. <laughs> hey, what's your favorite you're band? welcome anytime. Okay. What's your favorite band? Oh, okay. I'm like embarrassed about my music taste. If you look at my Spotify, it's all like, summer hits of the 2000s which is like nothing to be proud of um OG would that be the Beatles though I grew up listening to the Beatles with my dad uh, awesome text talk or in person absolutely depends on the person probably not in person um probably more likely than not talk on the phone but depending on who it is text email over everything though if it's a client no I it, phone call first and then just please don't ever text me my phone gets so crazy I respond to all emails same day okay email it is audible or book ebook 
ebook. Okay, awesome. If you were going to go to a city for one year, what city would it be? Just to spend the year in that city, which city would it be? I think Tokyo. I think it would be really exciting to live in Tokyo for a year. Okay. You like rice. You like Asian. I do. I love sushi. They are very big on small space living there. Yeah. So organized. Okay, Tokyo it is. Last question. Trick question. If you were a scratch and sniff sticker, if you're a scratch and sniff sticker and we scratched you, what would you smell like? Hold on, I want to come up with something that's not just the first fruit that pops up in my head. <laughs> While you're thinking, I'll share mine. Okay. I love being at the beach, so it's got to have a sea breeze smell. And if I'm going to mix a drink with it, then it's got to be a, a margarita or a pina colada with sea breeze. That's a really good answer. Now I feel like the pressure is even harder. <laughs> All that's coming to me is like the Chicago public transit system, which is not a smell <laughs> I want to be associated with. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm going to go with like a peppermint. I feel like I'm not going to be your soothing smell, but I'm going to be something that's like comforting, but also kind of like wakes you up a little bit. Awesome. Great answer. That is a great answer. Kyra, you've been an amazing guest and I've learned so much about social media, YouTube. You've been just fantastic with your answers. So thank you. Thank you so much for being such a fantastic guest here on Return on Life podcast. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I like all of your questions and everything. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm chuffed. Uh, awesome. Okay. All the best.